And I think it speaks to, uh, to where we are. There's so much opportunity that God has put before us and such a privilege that we have. And, and, uh, and I just I wonder what we will do with opportunity. How we respond to it. As we think about the opportunity of Christ, when I sat down with Sunday um, at Panera and we were talking about today and how to prepare for today, um, I, I, she was sitting and telling me that uh, when we talk about a new series, it's entitled Light, and it's going to be a three or four week series. I mean, we're just going to kind of look at how Paul closes this book and says, look, I want you to, to turn the light on. I want you to be the light of who I am. You are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and they give glory to the Father who's in heaven. I mean, that's what God is inviting from us. And and as we think about light and this privilege of stepping in, she was um, she just mentioned very briefly that there's a new ministry with the children's home. The ministry is called Porch Light. And porch Light ministry is powerful because it's stepping into kids who have been in the midst of trafficking. And I'll just leave it at that since we're having the children in the room. And Porch Light is stepping into trafficking, rescuing these kids out. And I love her face. I can picture sitting and listening to Sunday saying, We just placed our first two children at the home last night. And I was going, God, that's, that's light. That's opportunity. We've made the most of it. I love my daughter who says her first day that she steps into uh, the nation of Haiti, there is a beautiful girl loved by her mom. Our nine-year-old daughter and I were processing on the way home from the banquet last night. Dad, how could that mom do that? I said, what you don't understand is that was the greatest hope the mom had. There's light in this orphanage. There's hope there. I'm going to bang on the wall, leave my kid because I'm desperate. Please allow there to be light and let that light penetrate the darkness and let hope prevail. And little sweet, precious Ella, who I was with a bunch of pastors last night, everyone that's been there with you, or um, they have basically said, we want her, we love her. Mike Reed down at San Jose. That, that brother is, I don't know what you're like as a man. Mike is as manly as it gets. I've never seen Mike any way but crusty. If you've ever met Mike, he is just tough. He runs adventure camps. That's who Mike is. That brother starts, he starts having faucets come out of his eyes when he's talking about Ella. You know, malnourished, hungry, potentially on the verge of death children need light. And the scripture says these words in Colossians, the fourth chapter, verses three and verse five. At the time, pray for all of us that God can open a door for us for the message of the goodness of Christ, that's been the beauty that we've studied for a season now, to speak the mystery of the Messiah for which those of us in this room are in prison or in chains. We are bondservants. In verse 5, walk in wisdom toward those outside the camp. And oh my goodness, does that ever take on new meaning for me when the gates of the orphanage are banged on and malnutrition sits outside. When there are girls in the midst of the most horrific circumstances that any of us can fathom and we turn on the porch light. This is not a lightweight day. We come into this day saying, Father, how do we fulfill this verse? Make the most of the time. I like the interpretation. Make the most of the opportunity. Every time God provides an opportunity, turn on the light. 
Thank the Lord that we are not in this room orphans, but we have been adopted into the kingdom of the Son of God because we've been rescued into His story. According to Colossians 1, He has placed His light within us and we are to be the light of Jesus Christ as we walk about. Make the most of that. Don't mess around with that. Here's all I want to ask, and I want to read the 12th chapter of the book of Luke, Jesus' words. But I want to ask, how do we make the most of opportunities? And I hope it's an extraordinarily familiar sentence among this church at this point. But I start to wrestle with this, and there there is in me a gut-wrenching tension. I want to be a caring family. I want to be a foster family. I want to adopt 9,327 children and have a shoe. And Susan and I can be the little woman and the man in the shoe. I mean, I'm fine with that. I want to, while I'm doing that, put them all in the shoe, put them on a plane, give it an engine, and fly into Haiti and live in our shoe there. I mean, I can listen to the day and I am so moved. I really want, and I, Susan and I have been burdened for years, I really want to step into this trafficking world and figure out what God wants from us in the middle of that. And we're not talking about Thailand. We're talking about Jacksonville. How do we, in the middle of this, make the most of every opportunity? I went over these verses and I thought, God, there's tension in my spirit today. There is tension in my heart today. If you don't feel tension today, I'm praying for you. If you're not burdened in this day, I am praying for you that the Holy Spirit will move among us. If you're sinning and taking this all in without tension, I don't believe in this moment that you're resonating with the Scripture, and I would call that problematic for you. And I don't say that lightly, and I don't just throw that around. I just wonder what the tension will be and how God will use us to move in the middle of that. I love the book of Galatians, the sixth chapter, verses nine and ten. He says, we should not, as a people in this room, grow weary of doing good. For we'll reap a harvest at the proper time. And that proper time is not some health and wealth where you do some good things and be rich on this earth. I mean, he, Luke 12 is going to answer this for us in just a minute, and that's how I want to close. We're going to be rich toward God if we'll take advantage of these opportunities. We will be rich toward the things of God so we don't get tired of doing good. We will reap in the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, listen to this, as we have opportunity... The very same Greek word, make the most of every opportunity you have. Work for the good of all. So lest you did not have tension, let me just point out here, this isn't a limited category. Work for the good of every person on the planet. And oh, by the way, particularly take care of the household of the faith. So we don't have an out. You don't get a caveat of we're just going to get our circle, we're going to do our small group Bible study, and we're going to love each other. And I think Jesus likes this. Well, in Galatians, the sixth chapter, the tenth verse, the the privilege of opportunity is this, that we move our hearts to do good for every person who walks this planet for the gospel and the grace and the message of hope that we found in Christ. And our prayer is then, God, what do we do in the middle of that tension? The second chapter says, we carry one another's burdens. In this way, we fulfill the law and and, and the life of Christ in us. That we walk in burden toward one another. You can't shut all this out. And here's what I know on this day, because I am really messed up right now. You can't take all of it in. 
You can't shut it out. You can't take it in. You can't, you can't release the tension because if you can, your heart is hard. And may God, may God grow in this room soft hearts for the things of Himself. I mean, I can't sit in a city that's a refuge city and have a hardened heart. I can't sit where the gates of Haiti are being banged upon and have a hardened heart. I can't sit where she tells me the astronomical number of children in Florida who need a home and I can just go, well, this is okay. Let's go eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. I mean, this is all right. Now look at the Lord is saying, please make the most of this. Make, make the most of what you're about. And I can't sit among a people like you who are wanting to be the light of Christ and not just simply say, God, how do we together, united as one, just go after your glory? I mean, I was, I don't, if you were in Bible study this morning, can we just kind of overlay the scripture for a moment? I long for us to so circle around the opportunities of the gospel among us and the grace message of Christ, not limited to the orphan, but to every person who is orphaned from God and does not know him. I long for us to together, together, as the body of believers, so one around the central mission of making disciples who share life on mission, that that is central to us. We pray so united and one together that literally in the middle of us, the Holy Spirit falls and the earth shakes at our unity for the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's no pillar that sits in the middle of this church more importantly than that. And I don't know if you read the book of Acts and had similar feelings. I read that and said, oh, holy God, would you stir in such a manner? I love Ray. She just said, what I first noticed about this is that there was a unity and conviction and the Holy Spirit moved in that. And I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will just stir us. And stir us. And so, I don't know. I don't know what we do. I don't, I don't want to look. And we've, I've heard this here, by the way. This isn't a, oh, this is somewhere outside the church. I don't want you. If you are not passionate for this, please don't tell me. And I'm not talking about orphan care. I'm talking about the gospel of Christ. If you're not passionate for carrying the gospel to the ends of the earth, please don't share that with me. But for heaven's sake, don't speak to one of our teams who are getting on an airplane and ask them why they're going. I mean, this is just, this is just awesome to look at the Lord and say, God, we're a church that we're going to gather around every opportunity you give us for the sake of the gospel. And we are on yes. Shake us for your glory. Spirit, fall among us for the sake of who you are. Here's what I just wrote in my notes. That's where I got this from. Please don't look at a student who is still wide-eyed enough and say, I think we can solve all of world hunger. And they're not saying it like Miss America. They actually really mean it. I really think that I want to stop. Look at them and say, through the Spirit of God, He'll do exactly what He wants through you. Go for the glory of the cross. Go live with that as your central value. May God gather us around every opportunity that He has in Christ for him and I, I love um, the sentence. It's actually wherever Kinsey is is right in front of me. Kinsey has this at her booth in Haiti. This is a sentence that is not original with me. I was sitting in Catalyst and I heard a guy talking. He said, "Look, the only option that you have is is this: move forward and do something. Doing nothing is not an option." And he said, so in the middle of this tension, I don't have an, a perfect answer, but I have an answer. And I hope this sentence is familiar for you. He says, "This do for one." What you wish you could do for everyone, but you can't. So do for one. And I would just ask you in this room, what's your next step for one? Because when I hear a day like this, I'm, I, I have the high risk 
of just being paralyzed and because it's so much, I do nothing. And I think he just was saying to us, look, doing nothing, pastors, he was talking to a bunch of pastors, pastors doing nothing is not an option. Some of you have your head so high in the clouds, pastors, you've run around preaching all these things and I'm just asking you, who's your one? Lead the way. Who's the one that's really burdening your heart? And I love what he said. He said, stop trying to be fair. You can't be fair in your church if there's more than 12 people. You can't be fair among the needs of the world. Get engaged. People are going to even say to you, oh, you're more passionate about that than you are this. You're more love with that than you are this. Don't worry about it. Pastors, you are paralyzed because you're trying to please everyone. Be engaged. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. You can't. And I would say this to you. You can't. You can't meet every need we presented today, but you can meet one. So let's do that. For the sake of the gospel. Make the most of every opportunity. Lest you think this is just a wild-haired guy like Paul and his ideas, I want to close with just this reading of Scripture and a simple story. And I think that Jesus, in the 12th chapter of the book of Luke, just addresses so many things. And for heaven's sake, we could spend a year here. But I won't. I'm just going to read it. Jesus is... um, What not to read? Chapter 12, verse 4, he says, and then I'm going to read this verse and then drop down. And I say to you, my friends, don't fear those who kill your body. And after that, do nothing more. I will show you the one to fear. Fear him who has the authority to throw people into hell after death. Gather around the gospel. In verse 12, he carries on, and I can't see through my um, tears, excuse me. Someone from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance from me with me. Friend, he said, who appointed me a judge or arbitrator over you? He then told them, watch out and be on guard against all greed because one life is not in the abundance of his possessions. And then he told this parable. A rich man's land was productive. He thought to him, what should I do since I don't have anywhere to store my crops? And he said, I'll do this. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger barns. And I'll store the grain. And my goods will be there. And I'll say to myself, you have many goods stored up and you're set for years. Take it easy. Drink. Be merry. Enjoy yourself. And God said to him, you are a fool. This very night your life is demanded of you and things that you have prepared, whose will they be? And this is where he says what our call is. That's how it is with one who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And can I just add, not to the word of Scripture, but this statement. So therefore, as you do for one, be rich toward God. Store up have, store up treasures in for the King of glory. And here's what he's saying. He's saying a couple of things that I, I don't have time to really just run through this. I'm just inviting you to be kingdom wealthy is what Jesus is saying. I am inviting you to walk around for the sake of the kingdom with the kingdom glory and the kingdom name just resonating with you. I am asking you with your pockets to be bulging, not with things that will carry on this earth, but the things that will carry on forever. And as crusade kind of spoke into my heart back in college, there's only two things that last forever and that is God's word and men's souls and if I'm going to be wealthy I'm going to be wealthy in the word of God and I'm going to be wealthy investing in men's souls and that will be a wealth toward God so I just pray that this will be a church 
and we'll gather around this. We are rich toward God. We are rich toward His goodness. We are rich. Jesus says it's viable for you to gain the whole world and to lose your soul. Don't fear the one who can take your life. And I don't think we preach this enough. Fear God and His awesome power and might and more importantly, the awesome call to make the most of every opportunity to the believer in Jesus Christ. And to the awesome recognition that apart from Christ, it is not solely that we are caring for orphans because they're orphans, we're caring for them because it is a picture of the gospel. It is not solely that we feed the hungry so that they can have a full belly. We feed them so we can give them Christ. The food that lasts for eternity. And yet Jesus says it is awesome to give a cup of cold water to those who thirst before you give Him the water that lasts forever. So may God use us to be rich toward Him, to be rich toward His kingdom. This is a very personal story. I was sitting at Passion Conference about 10, 12 years ago now, and I was listening to this beautiful little girl tell a story. She's a little girl. She's 22. That's a little girl to me. She's 22 or 23 years old, and she's standing up front, and she's telling a story. And it was a really good story. I mean, she had felt God call her to um, one of the closed nations, uh, 100% Muslim country, and while she was there caring for the orphan, she was abducted by the Al-Qaeda. And she was freed. And, uh, and, and they had her at the uh, stage and sitting in Passion. And there's, that's, at this point, Passion hadn't quite grown around where it is now. There's about twelve or 13,000 students sitting in the circle around her. And Louis Giglio was just talking with her and she's sharing her heart. And it's a powerful story. I mean, how many of us have gone to a, to a Muslim country and been abducted by the Al-Qaeda? That is enough, right? That's enough of a story. Pretty potent story. Well, the ending of the story went something like this. She started to quote Luke 12. And here's what she said. I don't fear the ones who can take my body. I fear the Lord. And so with that said, we have developed an orphanage in the country that I was just abducted. And there are 100 kids ready to come in. And I'm going. And then she, she held up a plane. And she said, I need 100 of you to come with me because we've got to set this place up. And I need the rest of you to pay for it. Because we're going to go over and hang out in the middle of Iraq and love orphans. And she quoted this scripture that I just read. She said, I can't fear the ones who will take my body. I fear more that I will stand before the Lord and not hear well done. And I thought, I could hear something like that come from one of my kids in 10 years. What will I do? And I got to answer that this year. And I look at you and say, as a church, let us raise up a generation who are passionate for the kingdom of God. Let us, as mature, growing adults, show them what it looks like to live with abandon for the gospel. And let us, as a people who are mature in Christ, have our pockets filled with a wealth toward Him. And that will make 
for a day that is a favor and blessing toward God. There's action to be taken today, and most of the action to be taken today is not in this room. I'm going to pray in just a moment, and we are going to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord. Some of you may just need to come to an altar and pray. Some of you may need to come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. You need to be adopted into the kingdom of Christ. Praise God. He loves you, and He's moving His heart toward you. Some of you are sitting in this room going, look, I think I'm liking what this church is about, and, and I want my heart and my family or my life to move into the life of this church. I'm with you. I'll charge with you. Let's go. And some of you are, Dr. Dan's going to come front in just a minute, and I'm going to be standing here. If that's you, and you just, you want to move into covenantal relationship with us and, and do life and share mission with us, this is a good moment for that. And we're going to provide every opportunity for those types of decisions, but we're going to say amen, and the greatest risk in this room is that it's going to be noon, and you're going to go and eat instead of going and eating what I think is the food of Christ, and that is in the atrium. There's going to be people from the children's home sitting in there just going, will you pray with us for 40 days? And I pray that universally our answer is yes. There's going to be a a beautiful young lady named Kenzie that is going to be uh, sitting out there saying, would you come and, and take a child and for $50 a month help them eat? And I pray that several of us will take that opportunity. I mean, you do know this, right? That that universally every kid is sponsored at Cabaret by Mandarin Baptist Church. Except, last time I heard, Kenzie, we've added kids, and there are six now that we aren't sponsoring. Let's take care of that today. And, and some of you just need to venture out and start talking with the foster specialist to say, look, I'm just starting to pray and there's a tug. The decisions are not solely for this room today. In fact, some of the most important decisions that will be game changers are going to happen in the atrium. But before those, what is God speaking to you? Is He inviting you to become a part of this fellowship? Come. Before that, is He inviting you to know Him? Come. Is He inviting you uh, to just come and kneel and pray and look at a shoe and say, Oh God, whatever decision is, um, I'm going to invite you to come. I'm going to pray now. Our band is coming. Lord, we just love you.